Amen. Well, let me get some verses here this morning. Just let me talk to you a little bit. I'll try to pull these together. This passage of Scripture from Isaiah 54, as you can see. And it's based upon what happened in, or what is recorded to happen in Isaiah 53. Which, of course, is what we just, you know, went ahead and celebrated when we took the Lord's Supper. The work of Christ. And the benefits. And so, <clears throat> the prophet is told us about the cross. And then he is talking to the people and says, you know what I mean? Because of that, as a result of that, I'm going to tell you what's going to take place and how you should be responding. Okay? So, um, so he says, Sing, O barren, you who have not born, break forth into singing and cry aloud. Okay, now what is he saying? There's been a, a crisis. Things haven't been natural and normal. In fact, there's, there was a, a great slide that went on. And, and yet there is a divine intervention that took place. And as a result of that divine intervention, he's saying that the response of those that have believed the report should sing. You who have not labored with child, for more are the children of the desperate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. How many know that's backwards? <laughs> it's backwards. But he says, enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings and do not spare. He's telling them that you're going to come out of your crisis. And you need to prepare. You need to get ready. You need to plan. Because change is coming. Lengthen your cards and strengthen your stakes, for you shall expand to the right and to the left. And your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Now we know that this is a promise and this is a word that God is, as he's speaking directly to uh, the nation of Israel. But how many know that uh, we buy into Isaiah 53? Yeah. Yeah. So we need to buy into Isaiah 54. Because Isaiah 54, you know what I mean, is a response to Isaiah 53. No weapon formed against you will prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. No, it's like, kind of like a courtroom. And all the witnesses get up, and they make their case, and why you're guilty, and, you know, 
why it shouldn't be, and, you know, I mean, the list goes on and on. He said it'll fall. Now, here's the good part. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And I've jumped down into verse 17. In between there is some stories. But this is the heritage. This is the, this is the, the, the inheritance. This is what belongs to you. What we're going to talk about. And their righteousness is of me, says the Lord. Jump into the New Testament. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things that are above. Where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God, set your mind on things above and not on things of earth. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a, what kind of a hope? A living hope. Hope that's alive. Hope that's present. Not just a hope down the road, but a hope that is. According to his mercy, he has begotten us into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus, Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and non-defiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through, through faith. In other words, he's saying, yeah, I want you to know that it never deteriorates. It never goes bad. It doesn't have any diminishing in it at all. For salvation, ready to reveal in the last time in this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a while, if need be, not necessarily, but if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Thank you, Lord. Some powerful words there, and I hope I can do justice. But what I'd like to do, I'd like to start right now uh, uh, and back up. Because as he writes the promises, he, in the midst of that, visits the crisis that he is referring to. He's visited this period of time that happened in the nation of Israel, of which was traumatic. He refers to their time in Egypt. 430 years when things were out of sort. When the promises of God seemed to be in a distance. Then he also refers to the time of Babylon, Ab Babylonian captivity wherein they were in judgment from God, which was 70 years. 
How many think 430 years and 70 years is a pretty long crisis? Yeah. yeah. So he is, he's, he's, he's bringing hope to the forefront of the ravaged mind of hopelessness. Of the life that has dreamed but has been shattered. The congregation that has been declared the promises of the Lord and their inheritance that they have through Abraham. And yet, here we are. Nothing looks like the promise. Nothing feels like the promise. We can only imagine how difficult it was or would be. To sing when somebody comes along and tells you it's going to change. Because the Bible says that the psalmist says that, that when they were in Babylon, they'd lost their song. There's a correlation, see. The Babylon knew about their song and their singing and their joy, and so they asked him to sing. He said, we can't do it. We hung up our harps. Or we put our guitar away, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or the piano is, you know, we've got it in mothballs. We've just done away with our song. Hmm? How many think that's a pretty low point? Yeah. If you lose your song. And so he comes on the scene and he offers them hope. And hope is one of the most powerful motivators the, there is. It replaces worry with calmness and despair with joy. And rather than vacillating, it, you know, drives perseverance. Rather than be a coward, you, you're infused with courage. And as Peter said, it's a living hope. He's saying it's a, a promise that never disappoints. Romans chapter 5 says that you don't have to be afraid because if you believe, you will never be ashamed for believing. You will win. If you believe. Pre-pandemic. It's no secret. We've lived through it. We've seen in the middle of it its effects and we've also experienced the after effects. 
faces of people and even faces of Christians reveal. As things are not normal. There's a there's a there's a disheartenedness. There's a there's a, a a challenge to even believe. Now maybe you're having a good day in belief today, but when tomorrow comes, I'm not prophesying that. As a result of it, church families ruptured over COVID-related issues. After COVID, it's still not normal. Churches are still not at pre-COVID levels. That's right. You can read and you can call. We're recovering. Yeah. Relationships have been strained. No, we haven't had 70 years. Oh, we've had a few years. I was talking to a pastor. And they told me that in this larger church, but there are 300 members still have not returned for whatever reasons. It becomes, crisis becomes so devastating sometimes in our lives that our conversations are filled more with complaining than they are about Christ. Joy gets dampened. The gospel and its energy gets smothered and unity takes a hit. And this beautiful light of Christ oftentimes is overshadowed by the gloom of the day. This is not negative. This is just fact. What is the reason? That hope has taken a hit. Let me suggest to you that we've tied our happiness to the promises of the world. rather than faith in God. Yeah. 
rather than kingdom first. It's been earth first. We allowed our affections for the temporal to root in too deeply. We've forgotten that we have a living hope. The God of hope. The God that brings us a message. A message that's so, so sure. A message that he stands behind. That it's, he's asking for the abnormal. We generally sing after the fact. And yet he's asking us to sing before the fact. Somebody give the Lord a praise. Before the fact. Before the reality. Sing because of the reality of who he is. We must not hope for the wrong things. We must hope for the right things. Fact is, he says, I'll take care of all those other things if you just get your right things right. In John chapter 11, there's a story. You're familiar with it, the story of Lazarus. And you will notice in that story that for the first 21 verses, there is no hope. He's dead. He's buried. Four days. If you had been... 21 verses and no hope. What can be more hopeless than death? The painfulness of a loss or being locked in a grave. And I say that by comparison. Our crisis is not a Lazarus crisis. But the same word that came to Mary and Martha on that day regarding Lazarus is the same word that comes whether the crisis is great or whether it's small, whether it's short or whether it's long. Your brother shall rise again. Jesus says, because I live, you shall live also. 
there's something about hope. And that's what Jesus brings. And when he's talking about that he's the resurrection in life, he is also telling us that there is no amount of decay that will hinder the resurrection power from doing its work. It can't stop it. Amen. I know in whom I have believed, Paul said, and I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. So as we as the church, you know, recapture our hope, That same word of the Lord in Isaiah 54. Based upon Isaiah 53. Sing. Before the fact. And not just. After the fact. Because what has been, and there has been, there's been a crisis. You haven't had any children. Your family hasn't expanded. You actually look small compared to those that are not married to the Lord. <laughs> those that are, who God is not their God. But the cross and the resurrection, he says, changes all that. He gives us a glimpse of the new covenant as Doug mentioned. This is the heritage of the people of the Lord, the children of God. Yes, they've seen dark days, but God has a plan. God has a plan. And one of those plans, if you'll remember, was found in, in Acts chapter 2 when God went ahead and poured out the Holy Spirit. God revolutionized things when he begins to pour out the Holy Spirit. 
people change. Disciples change. Because no matter how bad the decay gets, it cannot decay the blood and the resurrection. It can't do it. And so he says to them, he says, rise and sing. Would you put that verse up there, Matt? Does that work? Sing, O barren. As many of you know, I'm about to become, you know, grandpa for the fourth time. Also, you know, I'm pretty happy. You can sing, and you know, it's exciting. And, you know, she's excited, and you know, song comes really easy. But God is asking them to sing before the child. God is asking them to sing before the conception. God is asking them to sing based upon the promise. Based upon who he is. Because the promise is simply, you know, him. Being, being, being divvied out is the best word I can come up with, but being, being made available. It's who he is. But he brings it into packages and, 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 and usable. I mean, it's called the daily bread. So he asked them to sing. And even those who've never seen a miracle, those who have not born, this is going to be a first for them. If you've had a child, and if you've had a miracle, it helps pave the way for believing for another one. But remember Gideon? He had never seen it. He had heard about it. And when the angel came to him and he says, you know what I mean? I know, almighty man of valor. Gideon looks around, obviously, and says, you know, you, 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 who are you talking to? <laughs> and then he begins to tell the angel, say, you know, I said, listen, I've heard all your preaching. I've heard him tell the stories. But he said, I've never seen it. He's really affected by it. I don't think that he's a full-on believer, but he's having trouble believing. Yeah. You know the story, and, you know, God finally gets him there. (laughs) 
so he wants us to sing before the fact. Don't wait until after the fact. He wants us to sing and exercise our faith because he has given us a living hope. A hope that is alive. It's not just something in the future. It's a hope that is in the present. And does it reach into the eternities? Absolutely. But he's asking them to believe now. Mary and Martha, did I not tell you that if you would believe, you'd see the glory of God? Believing is a powerful thing. So in this promise that he's asked them to sing about and beforehand, he assures his people of restoration and renewal and that restoring will bring dominion. When he talks about expanding your tent, moving to the right and to the left, not one-dimensional. You're not just going to have more family members. You're going to have more territory. He's saying that your future is going to exceed what was before. The past, the, the, the past and even the present. Said it's going to exceed that. He wants you to sing. He's calling the people to sing before their prayers are answered. Wait for your prayer to get answered, to sing. In fact, I'm prone to believe that if you start singing, it hurries up the answer. And he says that, you know, you've been out of peace and you, 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 you've been in crisis and you've been in turmoil and, you know what I mean, you've just been out of state and, 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 and you know what I mean, uh, you, you really haven't been in your own place. But he says what's going to happen in this, this move of God, he says it will be in peace and safety. 
Peace and safety. He says, fear not and don't be confounded. You shall not be ashamed and you will forget the shame of your youth and your widowhood. I don't know if this is, if I can tell this, Mark, but it's already out, so don't do it. It's actually pretty good. I got to do it because I'm in with both feet already. <laughs> but anyway, I was talking with Pastor Richard and, 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 uh, uh, he was he was talking about he was telling me about uh, uh, be, uh, Ramona before Mark and the family and everything and you know and and he said she used to say to him you know Pastor what's wrong with me you know I I don't have a husband you know and I can't seem to find one and there's God's not given me any and then. Of course, what he was referring to, he says, now, look at it now. Yeah. You forgot. You forget that moment in that time. That wasn't. Because what is so overwhelms what wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the way God does it. I don't like downtime any better than you do. I don't like crisis any better than you. I don't like delay. You know, in fact, I hate it worse than you do. Let me be up front, okay? <laughs> but this one thing I know. His word says that you will forget it. Because it'll be so full and so overwhelming after the fact. Hallelujah. And I asked Mark to come, and here's what he says. He's, he's, he, he, he makes his promises to him, and then, and then you know what I mean? He wants to, to give it some strong support, strong testimony, okay? You know, if... Well, when you when you put a professional up on uh, in a given field on the stand, it carries more weight, right? You know, this is Doctor So and So, and he's a specialist in this field, and you know, and so you know, I mean, he just carries a lot of weight. Well, this is what God does. He puts, you know, he says. Then he says, you know, look who's behind the promises. The Lord, your maker, is your husband. Think about that. He goes back to creation. And he points out that I'm your maker. But then it gets real personal and, you know what I mean? You're just not a product of what he made. 
You're a part of who he is. I'm your husband. I'm your husband. Then he moves to saying, the Lord of the armies, the armies of heaven is his name. He's really, he's really got a lot of backup to get it done, doesn't he? The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He's the God of the whole earth is the one that has called you. Then he says, and he refers back to, the, to Babylon. Now said, for a small moment, We've been out of touch for a small moment. So he said, you know, seven years is just a small moment. But he says, with great mercy, will I gather you? With everlasting love, I will have mercy upon you. And so he says, this is what I'm going to do, but I'm also going to provide restoration protection. That's good news. Because the devil is a, a, a great thief. He loves to steal. The fact is, the word says that Right now, he's trying to take it. The word is sown and immediately comes and tries to steal it. He's playing with your mind right now. He's bringing up an argument against it. Hello, that's how he steals it. He said, I'm going to protect it. He says that no weapon formed against you will prosper. No weapon is going to succeed. No voice speaking against you will stand. Oh, hallelujah. I'm glad we're not alone. You know what he says? That he's in charge. Not only of the weapon, but the weapon maker. The weapon maker. Hallelujah.
And he says this, it will not be ordinary. It will not be ordinary. He said, it will be in splendor. In splendor. Oh, hallelujah. Sing, O Baron. Break forth in the singing. You who have not labored. Basically, a phrase that it's a whole new ball game. You've never been up to bat like this before. Never been there. But greater is He that is in you. It's not uncommon for us to see our smallness, to feel our weaknesses, to even be laden with our inadequacies. You might take that into account, but God doesn't. God takes an account of His sufficiency, His ability, His power. God says, I can do this. <laughs> and He also says, you can do this. You can do this. Hallelujah. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens it's a church let us break forth into post crisis let's sing Isn't it great to see Angie here? I mean, yeah. Maybe you don't know, she had a hip replacement. She should be in bed. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, how many people would be still be in bed? Probably, you know, I got... <laughs> she says, no, 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 no. I, 
I'm going to break forth. I'm going to break forth. Amen. 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 Stand with me this morning. There was a message that was preached probably uh, probably 20 years ago, and it was it was very popular uh, because it was it I mean it was on the web and and you know a lot of people preached it. Uh, you know I, I wasn't the, the the first sponsor of it. You know I believe it, but it says if the devil can't steal your joy, he can't steal your goods. If he can't steal your joy, he can't steal your goods. I think if you want to bind the strong man who's always trying to spoil your goods, I think if you begin to sing to him, he does not like your voice. No. He doesn't like you singing about Jesus. Don't sing about Jesus to me. think that when you when you begin to sing about Jesus I think that's that's part of you know resisting the devil and he flees from you he just does not like the name of Jesus we know this is true because he told Israel that you're gonna be hated of all nations for my name's sake you keep quiet about the name of Jesus don't speak the name of Jesus The leaders of Jesus' day, you know, when he got into ministry, he said that was the big thing. Just don't do it. I want to hear that name of Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. What do you think, church? Praise God. Amen. I believe the promises. Amen. I don't care what the pandemic or what the crisis was. I don't care how long it was. And I don't care the damage that it did. I'm more interested in the promise of my maker, in my husband, in my Lord, in my master. Hallelujah. Who stands behind it all. Give glory to God this morning. Amen. As you go with God this week, you know, and go with your family, you know, just start putting a little more song into your day, you know. Just start singing a little bit more, you know what I mean? And he says, sing, old Baron. I mean, you know what I mean? That's, that's, that's dry ground, isn't it? Okay, but there's something about when you begin to sing, it just waters it. You know what I mean? It changes the dry ground to productive ground. And amen. All right, go with God. Hallelujah. Because... He's got great plans for everybody. God bless you. Amen. You're dismissed.